When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with Dave Schrader, Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, and Andy Brampernard. You can tell Alex is here because, oh, oh, well, that was you that put that on your hands. The hand sanitizer? Yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> usually it's only Alex that puts that on. You go, oh, Alex wants to I don't put here. hand sanitizer on. No, she has her own lotion. stuff. Hand lotion. No, that's what you put on. I had to be careful because I squirted it on and then realized my hands were right next to the mic as we went live and I didn't want. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll do it. No Foley yeah. for uh, this no. show? Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. 
Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. Clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We had a discussion just before the show started. I have literally decided in my life, no matter what it is, I'm going to try to find the good in it. I am going to dig as deep as I possibly can to make sure there's absolutely no good here because we've gotten to a point as a society where we want to jump on the negative and you're so horrible and hateful. That's the first place people want to go. Why do you want to go there? I would like to find the good in people. People are are crowd people, right? They jump in together because that's where everybody's hanging out. Yeah, that's true. What were you going to say, Alex? I don't remember. You just were going to say it 10 seconds ago. I know. So why do people? Here we are. Why are people so hateful? Let's throw it back to the beginning of this before we started talking about ADHD issues. What was that, Alex? Uh, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we were talking you about hiccup that brain system and lose it. Your life is an ADHD issue. That is true. I do think, honestly, God, the major problem is that people want to be victims. They've been told in our school system, you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim, and they want to be victims. So rather than looking for the good in people, any little tick, oh, you're very hateable. That's too bad. That's not how human beings are supposed to supposed to be getting on. Oh. I, look, they've been vicious for well, throughout history. But, yeah, you try to find some good in somebody, and everybody gets mad at you for trying to find something good about something. Well, just let them do that and say, mm-hmm. peace, love. and I guess. I guess that's live, the route laugh, to take. Live, in that latitude of gratitude. That's what a lot of the uh, moneymakers and experts talk about, is they just get up and think of all the things that they're, they're happy that they have. Absolutely. And do not allow any <clears throat> of the nonsense in, and then... Uh, Boom, well, they're making another billion. And that's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about is not allowing the nonsense in. We just talked on Monday about the fact that by far the best thing in my life, my wife, my son, my daughter, and my grandkids. I love that about my life. I'm very lucky. Poor Jude. Judy. No yeah. cares about you got to throw Jude in there to our dog. you got to throw Judy in there. All the dogs, actually, and the cats and all the rest of it. Cats. But, no, I, I literally, well, you got two cats, don't you? Uh, yeah, but you never yeah, really see them too not much. Emotionally attached to yeah. Andy's cats. What? Well, well, I guess you were Hobbs. Hobbs oh, yeah. for yeah. seventeen Hobbs. years. So yeah. exactly. Well, Shani is lost, but close by. So she'll be here soon. People have a, such a hard time yes, finding they this do. building. They really they, do. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I don't know. Well, why the either. GPS takes you to like the building across the way. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Over by where yeah. the uh, other radio stations are. Yeah, so, it does. yeah. <clears throat> indeed. <clears throat> kind of crazy, huh? I don't understand it, but what are you going to do? It's uh, uh, such as life. I, I was going to look for some news stories, but there's again, it's all hatred. I've got all some great good news. Good. Are you ready I'm glad for this? To hear it. Starting August 21st on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus, a brand new paranormal series, Tom. Have you heard about what's it? What's it called? No. What, what's the <laughs> what name of it? it Who's be? on it? Ghosts of Devil's Perch. Devil's Perch. I think I've heard it somewhere yeah, before. The mayor of Butte, Montana, along with the, uh, the sheriff, 
call in a group of paranormal investigators to help them understand what's going on in their town. That uh, group consists of uh, the mad scientist of the paranormal, K.D. Stafford, who is an Afghani-Iraqi war vet who builds equipment to try to communicate with the dead. Medium Cindy Kaza from the TV show The Holzer Files will be on hand. And then uh, this lead investigator guy who looks a lot like Rick from Pawn Stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dave Schrader. Uh, Yeah, Dave Schrader's his name. I know that name. Yeah, we're going to start this Sunday. It runs eight weeks, so you can watch it on Travel Channel or Discovery Plus, Ghosts of Devil's Perch. See, that's good news. When's it start? This Sunday, August 21st. August 21st. I'll be out at Gettysburg. I can't believe the damn state fair starts a week from tomorrow. I know. Time flies, huh? So when's the first snowfall? Uh, Nowadays, it's impossible to tell. Could be three days from now. That's true. Could be April 5th. What's what the, is the average? Yeah, it's been getting it's, later, hasn't it? It's generally like early mid November. Yeah, usually. It, it We've been having snow. a lot of dry Decembers, though. Yeah, we have. I it used to always snow on my birthday, November seventh. Yeah, it always, that makes sense. It used to always snow on my birthday, and then at one year we took you out uh, when you were little little kids. We took you out on Halloween, and it, it snowed three feet. Yes, it sure did. It was the <laughs> blizzard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when Aaron. Halloween's had a couple of those. Yeah. 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 There's been a couple of Halloween blizzards. Aaron, uh, our cousin, was, we were trick or treating with them, I think, <clears throat> in the blizzard, and she said, and what year was that? Uh, 90. Well, she wasn't with us three? on the big one. Oh, <clears throat> I don't know. She one of them it was snowing, and she, I remember her saying, "This is snowy country." Snowy country. She, sure like, is. she was like three. Yeah. And well, yeah, um, I, I know it was not that one because you were a baby. Uh, Andy was. That was eighty nine. Yeah, that yeah, was eighty nine. I don't even remember that one. I or no, the ninety one yeah. is the one. Oh, ninety one. She was, she was yeah. two, yeah, and you were ninety one. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the one I drove from Winona all the way up to oh, to watch the North Stars play the Blackhawks <clears throat> oh, in that blizzard and then drove back home that night after the game. <clears throat> a lot of fun. Did you take oh, your yeah. monster truck? Holy cow. No, I had a, uh, you know what I had? I had a 69 Plymouth Fury 3. So that thing Rear was Rear wheel uh, drive. Yeah, wow. but it was a oh tank. Oh, my God. But it was a tank. As yeah. long as it's up high enough, I suppose. <clears throat> and we were driving, I drove uh, not like a Minnesotan. So... You drive at a, at a good speed in bad weather, you're okay. I don't know if people know that. You, Minnesotans drive me nuts with the fact they either drive three miles an hour or yeah. 103 yep. miles an hour you're in right. bad weather. Right. So I just kind of clip along at about 25, and I did yeah. fine. Reasonable. <laughs> kinda, uh-huh. You know, when it's blizzard and you can't see. I, what drives me nuts, how about these goofballs on the highway, whiteout conditions start, and they just stop their car in the yeah, middle of the highway because they can't see. cannot do that. You just just keep edging oh, along. Yeah, you get slammed into exactly because all of a sudden, boom! I see tail lights, and you're eight feet away from yep, that car. Nothing you can do on snowy terrain. It's scary as hell. We have Joe with a quick something or other before Joe. our guest gets here. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. How are you? Good. Say, uh, Dave. Yes. I heard you on the queue yesterday talking about the uh, new show coming out. Yeah. And you had mentioned that the spirits aren't really that malicious, correct? Oh, there's some angry spirits in Butte, no doubt. Um, but, oh. you know, I think a lot of it has more to do with the fact that uh, as they're refurbishing the town of Butte and, you know, kind of trying to rebuild and and clean it all up, that they're stirring a lot of spirits up that have been forgotten. And uh, a lot of them are pissed off because, you know, the, the Copper King's names are in the history books, but all these people whose blood, sweat, and tears went into making Butte what it was, mm. nobody talks about them. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, it's a, it's a crazy series this year. I, I have two of the yeah. most profound experiences in my life during the filming of this. We were out in Butte for three months filming. Right. Yeah. Man. Crazy. Yeah, I, I watched the uh, commercial video for it, and it was uh, wonder. You know, I, I thought I heard you say that they're not really that malicious. It's like, oh, wait a minute. In this commercial <laughs> that I saw, you said that it felt like you got stabbed. Yep. That's pretty goddamn malicious, if you ask me. Well, it's yeah, it's a little aggressive, that's for sure. But uh, you know, you have to out of context. It is watch the episode, and you'll get the the vibe for what uh, right. what took place. So it's pretty uh, pretty powerful. I can imagine. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it. Thank you. Yeah, it begins airing this Sunday on Discovery Plus and Travel Channel for Ghosts of Devil's Perch. Thanks for allowing me to do a yet another commercial. <laughs> Not a problem. We could just have people call in every eight or nine <laughs> minutes to ask me about it. That'd be awesome. I got no problem with that. <laughs> really helpful. That works for me. Thanks, Joe. Oh, we'll be sitting in front of the TV with the bowl of popcorn watching. Awesome. I'm going to be on Twitter, I think, doing live tweets during the show so I can connect with everybody. I think it's like 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern, so check why, it out. Why wouldn't you eat a bowl of blueberry? Eat ghosts while watching ghosts, you know. Do you remember the names of all the different monster cereals? Count Chocula, Frankenberry. Uh, There's another one I always forget. Booberry. Yeah, I always. It's like. Isn't it like a really dumb name? Yes. Not that the rest aren't dumb. Frankenberry. No, I said Frankenberry. There was Fruit Brute, which was the... Yeah, Fruit Brute, yeah. They're bringing right. that back, as a matter of fact. They brought the werewolf wearing the, uh, like, uh, like mm-hmm. dungarees. It, yeah. They were rainbow dungarees. But then they felt, from my recollection of this back in the day, that it was too... Um, I don't want to get in trouble for saying it, but Fruit Brute just made yeah. it sound very oh, fruity. So they it. changed him to Yummy Mummy. Yummy. So he was a mummy yeah. wrapped in yummy. the rainbow, uh, yeah, uh, colors. So let's yeah. not go with yummy mummy. Mummy blueberry while watching ghosts. But <clears throat> nice diabetes would put me to sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. probably. Probably don't do that then. I'll have uh, the count chocula in your honor. Mm. Good there stuff. Go. All right, Joe. Thank you, sir. Yep. Have a good day. You too. Joe calling from Louisville, Kentucky, ladies and gentlemen. Is Rashini coming in? I think she didn't want to intrude. Oh, she's not intruding. She just come on in and sit down. It's fine. She's been in radio. She knows how this works. Yeah, I didn't want to. You never interrupt anybody. This is radio, for for God's sake. It's not an interruption business. Marvelous. How are you? Wonderful. You can put these on. You got, your, got that. You get the microphone working, the whole shooting match. Perfect. There we are. I brought you all these if you don't have them already. Oh, you got oh, we got info sheets. There you go. Well, it sent it to Catherine, but I thought I'd bring it just in case mm-hmm. you didn't have it. Oh, look at the picture. You look all happy. You look all happy. <laughs> How, you do. Why? What did you expect? Yeah. Because it's called the Crisis Files. Oh, my God. I didn't know you knew Steve Silton. Yes. I just talked to him the, yesterday. And I just had breakfast with him yesterday. He said to say hi. Oh, you did? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just talked to him yesterday. As a matter of fact, he was a neighbor when we lived in Golden Valley. That's what he said. That's such in a great the, neighborhood over there. Oh, I love that neighborhood. It was great. Beautiful. Living on an island was wonderful. We had a moat. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so weird. What? Well, well, we did. It was a did dumb moat. Did you have shirts with lasers on them, <coughs> patrolling yeah. the moat? I wanted to get those those uh, 
kind of bouncing Betty ones where you'd step on somebody's lawn and it'd shoot up like three feet and then shoot darts out in every direction. <laughs> Indiana Jones, what are you doing? <laughs> Indiana Jones make, make people trick-or-treating at your door have a rough time, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a matter of if, but when crisis strategist and media insider Roshini curates a team of experts to take on challenges ripped straight from the headlines. Okay, I'm going to stop reading. What what are we ripping from the headline? Well, all of the headlines of the day, whether it's <laughs> Elon Musk uh, wanting oh, yeah. to buy Twitter, then wanting to pull out, or, you know, you name it, uh, mass shootings. I mean, so many different things. Sadly, we have content overflowing right now. Oh, God. Rashini, honest to God, I'm, I, I decided this morning at about... Oh, I guess it was about 10 after 9, that I, no matter how bad something is, I'm going to look for the good in it. I can't take this hatred anymore. Well, that's a really, I mean, I wish a lot of people would oh, take God. on your new mantra, Tom. I, I, I just literally can't take it anymore. Like I said, I have a wonderful wife, great son, great daughter, great grandkids, wonderful friends. All, not Dave, but all the other people that I know. You son of a bitch. Yeah, no, I never like. I, I want to live my life in a happy mode. Not I, I'm not a victim. Yeah, Rashini, you and I have known each other what a couple of years now. Year well, definitely, like I've that. known of you for most of my lifetime. But yes, we met a couple of years ago. In that person. made me sound really old. <laughs> <laughs> I like well, I mean, you know, you, your, reputa- your reputation precedes you, right? <laughs> Did you hear about the guy in L.A. that wrote the article? I, I got to dig that thing up. Did you hear about this? No. I got to find out. I can't remember what the name of it even is and whatever. But this guy wrote an article about the KQ Morning Show. He said, "You have to understand something." Tom has now been around twice as long as Elvis and four times longer than the Beatles. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's yeah. true, though, I guess. Well, that says but a lot. I'm not quite Elvis and the Beatles, though. Let's relax with that whole idea. You but know. how nice to be that mentioned in the sweet. same sentence. It was yeah. very, very sweet of him to do that. No question about it. So can we, Rashini? Can we find the good in people? Uh, everything now is horrible, and I'm a victim, and it's terrible. And I don't see, I don't want to see life that way. I don't either. I mean, I'm an optimist. I've always been a glass yeah. half full kind of person. Yeah, yeah And absolutely. you do have to look for the look for on the bright side and for the good in people. And God, sadly, absolutely. people are getting so entrenched in who knows. Uh, and a lot of it comes from what's going on in their own lives. And what yeah, I want to do with the crisis files is, okay, before you even have a crisis, maybe my crisis squad and I can help prevent a crisis. But if you're living in crisis, maybe it's a family situation. I mean, yeah. so many things happen, right? Family squabbles. No one really likes Thanksgiving dinner. Those can be crises in the making, not just even on the business side. So we do worry about these things. And it, it it starts with you individually. Yes, you know? it absolutely does. And you cover a lot of topics on all of your shows over the decades. And I think that's another thing, people being afraid to get into the mud with other people and come out on the other side maybe yeah. cleaner, right? Just, right? just because you're willing and open to have an honest conversation doesn't mean that you're going to always agree. And it doesn't mean we have to hate each other if right. we disagree. Yeah, why? We do not have to hate one another. I, I, I just, you know what I think set me off today was, and he calls in every year, and I don't want to mention his name, but uh, he calls in every year. The man a few years ago lost his baby boy, the little little boy, and he has a walk for him every year, and he calls in, 
And I'm I'm looking at the news while he's talking. He's just the nicest guy in the world, you know. Just the, hey, if you could just think of my son or you know whatever. Uh, he misses his child just very very severely, you know. It just it's that set me off this morning talking to him. I said, if this man can go through that and reach out to other people and go, hey, we'd love to have you come out because we'd love to have you around. Come on, do the walk with us. It would just be be great you'd be honoring my son and it makes me very very happy it set me off to go you know what i'm sick of this i'm sick of hearing how horrible everybody is this man's heart is broken and it's never going to be repaired he misses his little boy terribly but every year he honors him every year he calls into kqrs and it's just an honor to have him call in so the rest of the day i was trying to take the positive angle on everything Right. Even if it looked like there was no positive angle. Well, the I beauty of it. what you found, though, is the empathy that you have for oh, this God. man. You could have treated him like just another caller on your show or guest on it. your show. Couldn't do it. But he struck a chord. And that's the thing. If people will allow other human beings in, right, yep. just listen to their story, be moved by what is going on in their lives, and maybe we can be a little less selfish. That's exactly what I'm talking about. We don't know what happened to person on the left the person on the right they're fighting they're not getting along and oh my we don't know what the hell happened to both of them maybe there's a misunderstanding maybe i thought it was something that it wasn't and it looks really bad because i thought it was the other thing and i didn't mean anything you can't just assume people are all that horrible right and that's oh, why the tagline for the show is not a matter of if, but when. Yeah, Crisis yeah. will happen to you. Oh, yeah. For this oh, man, yeah. he lost his son. That's like one of the worst crises ever. Right. It's going to always be with him. Time may heal some things, but nothing will ever bring that little boy back. That's and correct. It sounds like what he's done is he's taken that crisis, mm -hmm. and he's trying to <clears throat> put love and peace out into the world. And maybe there are others who hear about the walk that he does or hear your interview with him, and they think, oh, I lost a child too. Maybe I can do something positive Absolutely. instead of wallow in my Be grief. inspired. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a man I should mention as well, and that's why I didn't want to mention his name without his without his permission. He has had PTSD from being uh, in the United States uh, Armed Services and being a police officer. He has had to retire 10 years. He's a young man, too. He's not very old. He had to retire. He has PTSD so bad, he's finally found maybe an opening that's going to help him out with it. This guy's not having a great life. Maybe I should look at mine and go, holy God, is my life wonderful. I don't hate anybody. Gratitude. You know? I mean, gratitude, well, gratitude is the be best good. medicine, mm -hmm. right? No question about it. I, I just, well, sitting at this table, we have two family members. We have two friends. I feel very, very glad that people will go out of the way to come here and sit at a microphone and talk to me. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's totally wonderful. That's what I think, anyway. Most people have to go to the bank and talk to the teller for 45 minutes about what they saw that day. Oh, because in other words, when you were working over there, yep. that's what they did to you? And they have no one else to talk to? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that sad? Oh, yeah, you were a teller, too. You sure probably was. had plenty for, of those. For a long time. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bilski still complains to me that you're not a teller there anymore. Yeah, I think once your kids go to school, you're going to end up working at North American Banking Company again. I wouldn't mind it at all. Is it like you if you were a bartender? <laughs> In a way, yes. There you go. Right. And there are no cocktails involved. And there are no cocktails Hopefully. Yeah. Sadly for you. Now yeah. we know what kind of bank to open up. A yeah. cocktail <laughs> bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you Here, think? I want to give you more money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, mixing money and alcohol is always a great idea. Super plan. Have some guy playing a torch song in the background on the piano for you while they're giving you their cash. I think that'd work out. Yeah. It'll loosen people up for mm -hmm. sure. I will say one time yeah. a... Uh, 
nice old lady brought me a Christmas stocking for my cat. Oh, see. She no. knitted a cat stocking for so I could hang up. About. That's what I'm talking about. You don't we see that at bars happen. I got asked on a date when I was oh. a teller. It's not as good. Did you say yes? put a rose through the... <laughs> oh, it's not a competition. Oh, my God. Yeah, really? Put a rose wow. through the, like, drive oh, thing. God. In the well, drive-in. Yeah. So you wow. open up the container and there's yeah, a rose. Yeah, and there was a rose in the thing. Yeah. And huh. what did you say? I like he. I found out that he was quite a bit older than me. Okay. I was in college, and he was like in his late twenties. Fifties. Like, yeah, oh weird. yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> so she bit the head off and spit well, it back I mean, in the container. You can't always, <laughs> you can always just say, you know what? Our policy is we can't date our mm-hmm. customers. Also, Whether that's true or not. Also Whether that. it's true or not. <laughs> I think I, think I actually you know, may have said that. Okay. I'm all know. for honesty, but I think that line would work in that situation. Yeah. Indeed. Well, see that that. By coincidence, just a week ago, I told Rashini and a few other people about the first time I ever met your mother mm-hmm. and what she said to me, and I fell in love with her immediately. Did you ever hear that story, Dave? I can't remember. Rashini's heard it. The yeah. kids have heard it. Yeah, it's sweet. So I uh, go into my attorney's office. I'm his only <clears throat> client. He didn't have any other clients. He just handles my career and whatever. Saul Goodman? Is that the deal? Saul Goodman. Well, yeah. it was Alan Dorfman, so you were close. Close, yeah. <laughs> you were very close. So I walk into his office, and there's this very pretty young woman sitting at a desk answering the phones. And she goes, may I help you? And I said, yes. Uh, Would you tell Alan that Uncle Tom is here? And she dials, and she goes, Mr. Dorfman, Uncle Bob is here. And I said, my name is Tom. And she goes, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I just (laughs) fell in love right there. I was like, oh, my God, I love this woman. She told me to... Blow it up my ass now, which I really in her subtle way. In her subtle way of doing that. So subtle. Absolutely. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy. And that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You know, I want to talk a lot more about the crisis files, but I do want to mention 
uh, was that about a week ago that we all got to get a couple weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago for the big uh, annual meeting of the investment club that Catherine and I are involved together. Right, right. And the husbands no. get to come to the dinner. The husbands the get to come to the yeah, dinner. That's nice. exactly right. But I just want to uh, thank all of uh, the people at that uh, at that party for the picture that was sent to everybody in the United States. Everybody I think I'm United a pretty States. large person. You know, I'm pretty broad shoulders. I did not get some... this picture. I feel left out. Oh, I mean, you'll see it. <laughs> in the picture is Jim Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one man I didn't know, and I never got his name, but he was about 6'5", probably. There's an, uh, another football player who's a good friend of oh, mine. Oh, I wonder if that was Eric. Did he have, a, like, a I facial was hair? Eric. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. that was Eric. Yep. He's like 6'5", something yep. like that. Yep. His daughter <laughs> was a go for a basketball, a go for volleyball star. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. okay. And then you had Daryl Thompson, mm-hmm. who his shoulders are as wide as I am tall. They took a picture, the four of us. I look like a th- like three-year-old. I mean, seven feet tall, six foot five, six foot five wide, and then there's me. <laughs> I look like a child in this picture, so I didn't really appreciate that. But Rashini. don't. Well, I didn't take that picture. Didn't <laughs> you feel didn't. kind yeah. of good though that you I aren't the guys. largest person in the picture? No, I suppose I don't know, but but I've always liked them anyway. Though those two guys, and what did you say the third guy's name is? I think it was Eric. Eric, yeah. Based I, on what you're describing, I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Eric. What yes. a he's a teacher in Hopkins. Yes, Eric. Yes, oh, Eric, so it's Eric Swenson. Eric mm-hmm. Swenson. Okay, mm-hmm. great, great guy. guy. Really nice guy, uh, and. And by the way, that's a nice theme at those gatherings because do you not allow people to act like a jerk at those? Well, we don't really have any rules about behavior. We just assume you're going to be in, you know, you're in a group of about 30 people. Right, right. You know, by this point in lifetime, all of us, you know, as couples, Well, as the one a couple of years ago, though, there was one guy that was not very friendly. Oh, really? I do remember. He might have had a job as an oh, are you, athletic director. Are you sure director, you're at the right dinner? Uh, an athletic director at some school somewhere. Well, that wouldn't have been at this dinner. Our investment. Oh, it was a different one? This one. Because we've only had two annual dinners now. Our group is. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're the, you're thinking of the dinner where you guys dinner. eat like endangered animals. That was the one you're talking yes, about. Yes, the endangered we're animals. Eating zebra I mean, and it's a short yeah. guest list. It's the 15 <laughs> of us women house? in the group. It was at that house. And though. our spouses, if we want to bring our spouses. Uh, but it was at Anne-Marie and Britt Rogers' home. They have yeah. a lot of great parties. They really are, nice people, are too. big gopher advocates. So yep. you may have been at a different party. I think it was a different Different group. Than... Maybe the same home, though. He was a dick. Anyway, okay. maybe... Well, he was. <laughs> Please. It is not part of the I no, squared group. Part. No, There is no husband right. who is that word you said in our, uh, in our investment. <laughs> no, are you movie. sure? <laughs> Yeah, let's think. What? What? The oh, he's a big softie. I know. Showing empathy bob. left and right. Giving me the head bob over there. Now, what a great, that is a great crowd. How did you guys get that thing together? Well, our friend Katie Harms, is who, okay. who you know okay. well, friend yeah. of yours, yep. uh, she brought us all together summer of 2020. Actually, isn't really? that strange when yeah. we were in oh, COVID? Oh, that's right, COVID. So most of our meetings are still on Zoom, and then that annual meeting is so wonderful to be in Emory and Britt's beautiful backyard and their garden and everything. It is a really yeah. nice place. But, you know, I've met several women new to me through that group who have become good friends. Oh, so, yeah. you know, and that's one of the messages, too, that has really come out of that group for us is even later in life, because most of us in the group uh, are in our 40s and 50s, some are in their 60s, you know, Why'd you, you can, point at me when you said that? Well, I, or I was just at a hand gesture. I wasn't necessarily. 
<laughs> You're supposed to do this with the head bob. It all over, yeah. But, I mean, how fun that in later decades in life you can meet people no who doubt. could become really close friends in a short oh, amount God, of time. Yeah. Well, like I said, I just met Eric. Hell of a nice mm-hmm. man. Very just a nice great guy. guy. Works very hard. He's a, Like I said, he's a teacher out at Hopkins School District. Just a re- cares deeply about his students. Which is, I was very impressed about that because I talked to him briefly about the, what that's like. Being a teacher right now cannot be the easiest well, job. Well, that's on a crisis Earth. right there. I mean, yeah, I just saw the headline yeah. today in the Wall Street Journal. You know, teacher yep. shortages around the country. Yep. Well, hey, maybe if we paid them more, that could help. Thought. That could help. Thought. You know, that's one. one I don't part even of know if resolution. it's pay that has to do with it. I think it's the fact that. Uh, Teachers don't feel safe anymore. That's true. Because and, they can't, they not can't, supporting them. They can't, I don't want to say punish, discipline, but you can't discipline, discipline children. Yeah. You can't speak to children. You know, I remember I went to my son's school uh, to be a, an observer one day, and I'm sitting in the back watching, and there's this one kid who keeps leaning back in his chair, and she keeps going, Andy, please don't lean in your chair. And she did it two or three times, and he would sit up straight and then lean back in the chair again. And then finally, she just stopped talking to him about it and left it alone. And when they went out to break, you could see she was frazzled from everything that was going on. I said, why don't you just make the kids stand up? That's what my teacher did back in the day. And she goes, oh, no. She goes, I can only mention it three times, and then I have to leave it alone. Because then I'm singling him out. And if I hurt his feelings, I open up to a lawsuit. And da 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 And I go, what? My teacher would have come and kicked the leg out, and I'd have hit the ground. Well, I mean, I just remember that back in the day where if teacher said anything, you just sit up straight, and you know that they could call your parents, and your parents are going to side with the teacher, not you. At least that's how it was when I was growing up. Yeah, so I've got to guess that makes... That makes that job insurmountably hard. And when you cannot control the students and you have no authority left to you, man, I give anybody that decides that that's the career they want to go into, God love you. Well, I think you've just given me an idea for a future crisis file. Yeah. We'll get into that. Do yeah, it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, my daughter, one of my daughters wants to be a teacher. And I'm like, are you sure about that? Zoom teacher might be a good way to do it, right? Then you <laughs> can just teacher, teach, yeah. and if they're idiots, you disconnect their video, right? Now, let me ask you a question about that. This is for everybody on the show and our, you know, people want to call in or whatever. But when I was a kid, I went to, I went to, uh, well, first of all, I went to Emerson School, which is on Spruce Place in downtown Minneapolis. We lived right across the street. Had a wonderful time there. Miss Peckham was my teacher's name. And by the way, Miss Peckham had to leave midterm because Miss Peckham got pregnant but wasn't married oh, wow. in 1955. Oh, Think about that. Hex day on the 55 day. Now so, half the students are pregnant and the teachers not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very true. But the one thing that we learned very, very early in life, and my, my mother was part of that whole deal, I then went on to St. Uh, Basilica for about half of the year, St. Anne's down in Lesseur for about the, the third of the year, and then the last month or two I went to St. Joseph's in uh, North Minneapolis, just south of, and it was, south, just south of, of Plymouth Avenue on 4th Street. It was made very clear, you will respect our teachers, you will not talk back to them, you will behave. It was very clear that you were not going to you know, get away with any of this stuff. Not going to happen. So to me, teachers are like deity to this day because I was taught for 12 years that you don't talk to teachers in, a, in, a, in such a manner. You don't treat them poorly. You respect them and honor them because they're there to make you understand and maybe even be a little smarter than you thought you could be. 
So what happened? Why, why did we lose that, the respect for teachers? I don't get it. How do you learn anything if you don't respect the one who's teaching you? Well, I would say probably it roots in just the family structure. And, yeah, And we've probably. had a destruction of family yep. uh, over the last several decades. Yep. And if there's no one holding you accountable at home, then you're going to go to school and manners aren't really at the forefront. They're no not, one's yeah. disciplined you properly. I mean, there are so many things. I mean, a lot of things happen in the family. Look, and, and I was raised by a single mom. My dad died when I was in sixth grade. Oh, really? She devoted herself to me and my brother. And I don't think you can check in with any of my teachers, the ones that are still living, yeah. and hear that one of, one of us was bad badly disciplined and you know had any discipline problems in class so it is possible it is not just because you're raised by a single parent okay things fall apart no you can still have very solid family structure but it so much does really come down to the parents no i'm sure that's true I'm hold sure on though true. parents have had their legs swept out from them as well and yeah, the true. schools have been a part of that Agreed. So there, that makes it really tough because I, I hear a lot of people are like, well, it always falls on the parents. Well, there's only so much you can do when your kids are now empowered that if they don't like what you're telling them or how you make them feel, they can go complain to their counselor at school. The counselor calls CPS and suddenly yeah. you got somebody knocking on your door and questioning your really? parents. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, the so. end run, I think, with administrators now is really hard to to see my mother was also a montessori school teacher so she had her own school for 36 years and you know what she said what was more difficult over time the kids you know they'll have their issues they were two and a half to six years old but sometimes it was parents mm -hmm. parents expecting certain things or coming not standing with the right teachers. that part i get right so it, it's all these different groups and i think if you really think about you know in the law it's the best interest of the child well what's the best interest of the child it's that all of these adults work together for health and honesty and transparency mm -hmm. and that's really broken down so i mean we could look at our schools right now and try to help back up these administrators yeah. who are making the rules yeah. that then the teachers have to follow and then the teachers aren't supported when there's a bad egg in class right yeah that's the the tough part is it, it it's no accountability across the board you know i remember when my snot mouth little eight-year-old daughter <laughs> Lipped off to me at How dinner, and I go, yeah. I said, get up and stand in the corner. And she goes, or what? Oh! And I just yeah. looked at her, and I said, or what? Why don't you not do it and find out? She goes, okay. Son of a bitch. What am I going to do now? <laughs> I'm in the corner, right? And I just said, exactly. I go, I'm not telling you again. Get in the corner. Or what? You hit me? I'll tell my teachers. Oh. And then I just went, I'm done with you. And I walked out of the room. Went up to my room. I put myself in a timeout. Because yeah. yeah. at that point, it was, I was going to kill her. Oh, it was like, I'm a, my dad would have buried my head into the wall and would have had every right to, right? That's what I always tell my kids. I go, man, I think it's funny because it's those 70s hippie screws that screwed us all up, Tom. This is what happened. My parents were part of that, and they were all super you know uh, punish you and you get all that but then they're the first ones that are like oh we have to be easy on our on the children now they're grandparents right now and then you're like wait a minute yeah. hold on a second so all of that shifted and the dynamic shifted and there's no accountability to children period and everybody you know everybody's got to be smoothed over i'm not saying you can't parent your ch children properly you definitely can but when a lot of your resources have been pulled away from you it's tough. It is yeah. tough. You know? It is uh, difficult. 
And and I think what the big problem is, and this is a crisis for parents, I think, is they don't, nobody wants to be the bad guy. I don't want to seem like I'm not supporting my child when I go in to meet with the teacher. So you stand up for your child against this perceived injustice. The teacher feels like you're not backing them up. You know, it's where does the uh, allegiance belong now? And we have to make it feel okay that parents can stand no you're and wrong and be parents you know yeah. there are some parents that so want to be your friend right and it's very clear i mean my mom was a great mother and she was definitely a mother right i've had friends tell me after the fact that they loved coming to our house because she was so maternal and oh, they said, yeah. sometimes my yeah. mom just wants to be my friend. And I just really want a mom. I thought that was interesting perspective to hear years later at my high school graduate reunions. Mm. You know, And that's something that parents now can check themselves on. Are you trying to be their friend or are you really trying to be a parent? Because up until at least 18, they need a parent. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What you just said reminded me of one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. I have a very close friend. He used to work at KQRS uh, in the sales department. And he, he's the voice of the Aflac duck. Now that's he's that's wow, what he does. For, yeah, good job, really good <laughs> yeah. job. He just say one us. word every six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. millions. <laughs> yeah, but he tells a story. He he is uh, he is uh, half uh, American and half Japanese, right? So he said his grandmother from Japan moved in next door to them. So she lived right next door. So they would go over there all the time to see grandma and all the rest of it. And she was trying to, you know, grasp all of the language. And <laughs> she got two words wrong because after about the fifth time she offered a sandwich to his friends, he had to sit down and go, Grandma, we got to work on this. Because they would come in and she wanted to make them a peanut butter sandwich. And so she would come up to the children and go, would you like a penis butt? <laughs> mm -hmm. One of the greatest stories not. I've no, ever. She offered this love. Please, no. How, was, how bad do you feel for the kid that said yes yeah. and didn't get it? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, that's true. What about his feelings? I wanted some penis butt. <laughs> this is what I'm talking yeah. about, though. She she wanted to, you know, nourish the children, give them something good to be eat, be motherly, be motherly about that. That's why it's such a great story because she was this wonderful, loving, giving person trying to do her best. I can actually explain it. The way that the reason she said it like that. Oh, okay. Because in Japanese, a lot of the time when they take words like that from English, uh, compound words, they'll make the first word plural for some reason. So oh, really? in, ja in Japanese, it's not peanut butter, it's peanuts butter. Peanuts butter. Yeah. So if you say it in a thick Japanese accent, it becomes peanuts butter. Peanuts butter. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you for that translation. Suitcase is another example. They say suits case. For suits some, case. For yeah, some they reason. say suits case. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I don't know I'll why. That. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Because it's only one case, yeah. and in it is many suits. Many suits. I suppose, yeah. Sense, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, peanuts, it's like multiple the adjective peanuts. Versus the noun. The more like you in know. France, do, do, they do, switch do, those do, around too. I mean, how often do you make peanut butter out of one peanut? Not very it's not, often. That's not a lot that's of peanut, peanut butter. Peanut. Butt. Yeah, peanuts that would butt. be peanut butter. So he, she probably did say peanuts butter. She said peanuts butter. They, but yeah. they didn't hear the T. And heavy peanuts. accent, as you yeah. said. Oh, heavy yeah, heavy accent. accent. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, speaking of names, by the way, it's like when you call somebody <clears throat> and leave a message, do you leave your full name? I usually say Rashini, mm -hmm. but depending on what the situation is, I will say Rashini Rajkumar. And, you know, in the past, like when I had my Sunday radio show, if I was booking a guest or calling to check on, I would say my whole name because maybe they'd recognize, oh, that's the host calling, whatever. But in general, I pretty much use my first name. The only reason I ask you that is do people assume that you're an, like an Eastern Hemisphere princess? 
<laughs> well, that's really Machine kind. Rush that's a kind assumption. But doesn't that sound like? I mean, it well, like, you know, it's interesting that you asked that because my last name, Rajkumar, mm -hmm. actually does mean King of Kings exactly. or Prince of Princes. That's exactly. Raj and Kumar. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. And then my first name, uh, the the R O S H, means light or strong light in Hindi and Persian. So it's kind of like. One of my f photographers, when I used to be a TV reporter, would call. When he heard that, he turned it into a joke and said, "Come here, Princess of Light. We gotta go. We gotta go on <laughs> Princess our story. of Light yeah. and King of Kings yes. or Queen of Queens. Yeah. I guess so I, I mean, it is fun when you it look at names. It is a very names. royal sounding name. Well, thank it you. Just, well, I appreciate that. Oh. And I appreciate that when I was in my TV career, no one asked me to shorten. My either name, my last name, you know, you, Why I, I heard they? that going into TV news. It's, oh, they may make you change your name or shorten your name. And really? I knew I would never do it, but no one ever asked me to. There were times when the anchors would say, do you have a nickname? So when, you know, we toss out to you in the field, we can say, I said, no. <laughs> and even a if nickname. I did, I wasn't going to let that start getting used on air. Right? We got to yeah. call in because in the, what you just said, Frank Vassalero's got to do something. He's got to shorten that, that name up quite a bit. But you just said it properly. I oh, mean, Vassalero, yeah, but I grew up with Italians and yeah. Sicilian, so that's why. It's only three I, syllables. Vassalero. Vassalero. Oh, four, four syllables. syllables. Four syllables. It's not that many. I, one of my favorite stories about them, too, because his lovely wife is, is Japanese. And uh, this woman was introducing them, Frank and Amelia, of course, for people out of town they are both uh, anchors news anchors on channel four locally wcco television and they were being introduced at a dinner it was at bar la grassa as a matter of fact and this woman comes over and goes i'd like you to meet two of my friends we were sitting at the same table i'd like you to meet two of my friends they're very nice people uh here's amelia centinello she's from korea which she's not, and Frank Vassalero, who's Spanish. <laughs> what? Where did this come from? Why would you even say that? Yeah, unless you know. Yeah, if you don't know, don't why. say I it. mean, the thing is, she got the names right. Just go yeah, back. Exactly. Say their names. I hope Frank well, looked at you be... and said, Como esta? Como esta? Muy bien. What do you think? Yeah. When we go to Florida, people think we're Canadian. They know. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. The I often talk. don't correct them because it's like, I Why bother? It's Minnesota is Well, Neighbors. what he's saying is true. My very first golf tournament in Florida, right? They paired people up who either knew one another or were from the same area. And my partner was from Toronto. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, there you go. Very international. Yeah. Well, you know, mm -hmm. actually, because Toronto is south of Minneapolis-St. Paul. People don't realize that. Hmm. Toronto's actually, geologically, it's south of Minneapolis-St. Paul. Yeah, you do never think of that. I have a lot of Canadian yeah. cousins, so oh, you I do? grew up okay. going to Toronto a lot. I've seen Niagara Falls, which of course is in Buffalo, but an easy right. drive over. Mm -hmm. right I've over, seen yeah. it by cave. I've seen it by boat. I've seen it every way you can see. In a barrel? <laughs> not a All barrel. right, then you haven't seen but it But I'm not way. a good swimmer, so I don't know if I should do the barrel option. No. <laughs> if you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. 
April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Well, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales, leaders go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey, this Brian's up. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We have our second guest on the phone. Do you want to stay for our second guest? I will stay. He has a hard out at 1130. uh... Oh, yeah, we better get him on right (laughs) now. Then we got to get him taken care of. Giovanni, how are you? Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's a, uh, look, first of all, it's our pleasure because now we got Roshini Rajkumar and Giovanni, do you say your last name, Rusiti? Yeah, very, very, very good. Rashiti. Rashiti, yeah. yeah. Pronounce it right. Well, yeah, but I grew up with a lot of people. Would, well, they but a lot of people would have Americanized it to like Rashiti or something. Rashiti, like. yeah, they would have said Rashiti. Giovanni Rashiti, oh, and good. it's great to have you on with Rashiti. So we got Giovanni and Rashiti. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Love it. International show. International it feels so bland show. as Dave. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. Tom and Dave. Tom, Tom and Dave. Dave. Yeah. You're the solid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they rock. Very, very true. The book, Cobblestones, Conversations, and Corks, A Son's Discovery of His Italian Heritage. Where are you from in Italy, Giovanni? Your family, I mean. Well, my family's from Abruzzo, uh, which is the central part of Italy. Abruzzo, um, yeah. So it's about an hour and a half, two miles, or two and a half hours uh, east of Rome. A mountainous part, a beautiful part of, of the country that doesn't get a lot of press. You know, people think of the more sexy places like Tuscany and the Amalfi Coast. But sure. for me, it's really a great place. 
No, I, one of my best friends in the world is from Bari, and they get no notice at all. They're the heel of the boot, and nobody knows where that is. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Exactly. But why why is that? Because I've been to, first of all, northern Italy is spectacular up there by uh, by Switzerland and that whole area up there. That part of Italy is just beautiful. You know, I think, yeah, I agree, by the way. I love Piedmont, and I love all the areas uh, in northern Italy. I think central Italy, and, and actually it's one of the themes that comes out in my book that I wrote, um, it kind of got forgotten after World War II. A lot of those towns are these tiny little hillside towns that, um, uh, you know, the Nazis came through right after, let's see, it was in 1943. They, they were starting to recede back and uh, not doing well in the war, and, and they decided to take up occupancy of these small towns. And unfortunately, the towns never survived. And so, like where my family's from, Consano, which wasn't a big town, you know, even before then, had two or three thousand people. Now only has two hundred people. So there just there isn't a lot of uh, there's no economy there. You know, there's there's not a lot of money being spent on you know hotels and things like that. But I actually think it's a, the most charming, enchanting place you could possibly think of going. The people mm-hmm. are so simple and pure and, and just rich in their everyday lives. It's a great place. I love it. I, I love the title again. The, the book is called Cobblestones, Conversations in Corks: A Son's Discovery of His Italian Heritage. And they do talk quite a bit. And I think maybe we should look back, uh, pretty much everybody should look back at their, at their relationships with their fathers, their mothers. Uh, you go pretty deep into that in this book, do you not? I do. You know, it's, it's, it, as, I, as I reflect back on the book now that it's come out and I've been talking a lot about it, it really is a love story. It's, it's, a, it's a love yep. story on many yep. levels. It's a father-son relationship. Um, I talk about my parents and their relationship. They, they started dating when they were quite young, which was not unusual back in, in those days, and how that, their relationship evolved. Um, it's, a, it's a love story with the town, the town of Consano, which I, I, like, I described it as an enchanting place. Just love it. And then, you know, we're talking about Italy, right? So culture, food, wine, music, oh. and, and just a sense of community that is so rich and deep there that um, I do go in, into great great detail about it because um you know my dad was uh, an italian immigrant with uh came, you know came here with the shirt on his back and nothing else at age 21 and then this is a remarkable thing he was able to retire at 62 very successful so you know if you think about that we here have so much given to us and yes worked so hard and, and he came here and, was, and worked very hard but was able to retire and really enjoy his life and and he he impacted me and so many others in a lot of ways and Right before he passed away in July of 2019, he he said, "Hey, you know, you should tell our story." Um, and I said, "Yeah, Dad, I'm a busy lawyer. I'm an arbitrator, a mediator. I don't really have time. I've never written a book." But I I, I told him yes, um, not knowing if I was ever going to be able to do so. And then in 2020, as I was watching what we were all were watching with you know so much division in our country. I felt like I needed to discharge that, that promise to him. But I had no idea it was going to turn into a published book. And um, so I just started writing his story down, and so much came out. And uh, it was a very spiritual kind of profound process that I think everyone should try and go through. I think you're absolutely right about that. I, you know, I've been battling my whole life because my father and I were never close. He had left the house by the time I was uh, like seven, eight years old, came back for a, a, a short bit. And then once I turned 10, he was gone for the rest of time. He would come and visit about every 
couple of years or whatever, but we were we were never close. And I look back at the reason probably I got into the business that, that I'm in. I also do a, a morning show in town, um, you know, done comedy in my life, done all this stuff. And it was to try to please my father without him even being there. You see what I'm saying? Right, yeah. I try to build my voice oh, up totally. as big as I could. See, you would understand that. Most people don't get it. Yeah, no, well, first off, I'm sorry that you went through that. And we, and we all have stories like that, right? So for yeah, me, yeah. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with my father, and, I, and I, I write about that in the book. I spent you know my entire childhood with all these old men. Um, instead of doing things that my friends were doing, like riding bikes, I was learning how to make prosciutto and wine and butchering Ooh. goats and things like that. It's a good skill to have. Um, which, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> exactly. certainly not normal uh, by American standards. But my dad was a product of his environment. You know, He was an Italian immigrant. Uh, he was he had that machismo about him that didn't always sit well with me as, as a young man and and so there were times when I you know we didn't get along very well I mean we always talked um, and it, it, there was like a 10 20 year period where we weren't as close as I would have liked us to be and then when I turned 40 I started to see the world a little differently and and you know forgiveness is freedom and I talk about that in the book, and this book became a little bit more, not more, but a little bit about me, too. As I, as I was telling his story, I realized I was yes. telling a lot of story and who I was, and and I, I had done the same thing. You know, he had always pushed me to, you know, I was the first person in my family to go to college, and I, I went beyond that and got an MBA and then a law degree, um, I, and I'm sure a certain part of what I was doing was uh, trying to please him, um, and, you know, he always used phrases like, you can do it, you know. Don't let oh, anyone hold you back. That's and, and nice. You had inspirational things like that. And by the time I hit 40, we, we started spending a lot of time together, including this trip to Italy in 2013. My first time there, my first time to my ancestral hometown, where all of a sudden the stories that he had shared with me really came to life. And then our relationship came very tight. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years later. But, um, you know, everyone should really... When you're healthy, and more importantly, when your family, your 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 parents or grandparents or uncles and aunts, if if they're alive and healthy, man, spend time with them. Yeah, Talk to them. yeah. Get, get their experience. You know, find out what they went through because really, that helped form your identity. And Tom, it sounds like you have the same thing. I mean, it's a slightly different yeah. story. We all have a different story. Now, Giovanni, I must tell you though, the good news there is my uh, the the fathers in my neighborhood. I grew up in a very poor neighborhood. So most of the families didn't have a father, but the ones who did, and I could you know, I could literally name them: the Mr. O'Brien and Mr. Laurent and Mr. Fisher. And you go down the list. Every one of them took time whenever they saw me to come up and put their arm around my shoulders and go, "Tom, you're a smart kid. Don't worry about it. You got this. Don't worry about it at all." You know how wonderful that was, Giovanni. Oh, that's great. And, you know, we all need to do that. You know, there's, yes. there's this notion of we lose this in our society, the, the kind of being uh, what I well, there's a, a great uh, there's a great writer out there. His name is Chip Conley. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with him, but he talks about something called the modern uh, elder mentor, which talks about, you know, seeing somebody that needs a little pickup and, and, and doing that, spending time with people to either mentor them formally or putting their arm around their shoulder, their, their shoulder and saying, hey, Tom, you're going to do okay. That's great. That, that's, just, that's a lost thing in our society, unfortunately. Now, Giovanni, do you spend any time in Consano now? I'm going back in October. Ooh, um, so I like since, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's a great little town. I love it. The people are amazing. 
Uh, since 2013, I've been back, uh, I think, four or five times. Eventually, I'm going to buy a place there. Um, not going to move there, but I'll, it'll be a place that I visit quite often. My, I've been married for 32 years to my wife, Aggie, and she loves it there. We have three kids, Dante, Donato, and Isabella. All of them uh, love it there. They <laughs> love I feel it. A, hmm. a wonderful connection to this place. So it is we right. will be back a lot. But, but Giovanni, yeah. it, it says in the descriptor here that the, that the town remains in a dilapidated state after 80 years? Really? Yeah, it's it's, it's very sad. You know, uh, yeah. when you when you first go into the town, it's it's got this great rich. You can just feel it. It's different. Um, the, the town looks different. It's on this hillside. It's like this invisible the town on this invisible hill, uh, which I talk about in the book. But what happened after World War II? Um, the town, the people in this town were poor before with the war. Sure. And then the Nazis came in and occupied the town, the town, and kicked them out. Uh, they had to live six or eight months in very rough, difficult conditions during the winter. And Consano is in a, a very mountainous, rugged area. So when they came back, the Nazis, unfortunately, had taken a lot of their possessions, destroyed a lot of things. and um, They didn't recover. So a lot of people started this mass exodus to many places, including where my family came to, Colorado. And there just wasn't enough resources to rebuild it. So if you walk there now walk through the town. There are parts that have been redone, but like the, the older part of town is called La Parta Yova, which stand, stand, basically stands for the old part of town. Um, looks like it did in 1944, and it's, it's very sad. I was very happy to hear about six months ago that they're, they're going to try and renovate it. I, I don't know if that's possible, but um, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't make it, and it's, it's very sad. And, and going back to your question about, you know, other parts being more more well-known and, and more touristy. Mm-hmm. There just aren't a lot of people going there, but there isn't a lot of money to, to do the work. Mm, no, that's, see, that's, well, that's got to bother you a bit, I would imagine. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's so much of our family history, right? Yep. It's, it's who yep. I am. It's, it's who we all are. And so I, I would like to see, I would like to see it get done. And, and I'm going to spend some time and some, some resources myself to help. I think it's a wonderful thing. Giovanni, next time we have to have you on longer, I would love to talk more and more about your life, your relationship with your father, Consano, what you're up to uh, these days. So where do you live now? So I live outside of Boulder. Uh, I'm an attorney. Oh, you I'm do? Okay. Partner of, of, yeah. And um, so I'm very busy with that that practice. And, um, and, and I really enjoyed this writing process and speaking about it. So, hey, listen, I might start some new stuff. Uh, that excites me. And, Tom, anytime you guys want to have me on, just let me know. I'd be happy to jump on. Oh, I'd love to talk to you more about Italy. Italy first of all, like I said, I, I grew up Roman Catholic, so I've been around a, an Italian or two in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an experience. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk about food or wine. That's a big part of the book. So okay. any, anytime you guys want to do that, let's go. We're going to reach out to you in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to talk food and wine uh, next time you're on. All right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank have you. a great day. Giovanni Rossidi, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Cobblestones, Conversations in Corks, a son's discovery of his Italian heritage. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. 
And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. Do you guys at the table here think that, that people do understand, whether it's mother, father, both, grandparents, whatever, your relationships with them set you up for the rest of time, good, bad, or indifferent? Do people have, do you think they can grasp that? Oh, yeah. I think so in a big way. Although I, I, think, so. I think you realize it more and more as you age. Yeah, I think a lot of teenagers are like, no, nah, I'm... I'm my own person. It's all uh, right. Just, I right. decide yeah. my own destiny, and then 20 years later, they're like, "Oh, maybe not." You become your parents. In a lot you of ways. do in a lot of ways. That's very right. Alex. I, I think it's sad that Wait, what? Americans on the whole, I don't think, pay as much attention to their heritage. Not like Europeans do. Right. No. You know, oh, just about every other country I watch, the the kids that are from those neighborhoods, they know about their family, they know their lineage, they know where they came from, they know what towns, villages, they, you know, and they seem to spend time with their grandparents. You obviously haven't met very many American Scandinavians. The, oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's I don't know what do, it yeah. is about Scandinavia. I put up in a friend, uh, but we don't have any pictures of your dad, so we can't do it. We don't have any pictures of my dad. I don't think I've ever I seen a, a picture of him. I have a wedding You've picture. You've never seen a picture of my looks dad? looks like Troy with a smaller head. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Looks like <laughs> Troy with a smaller head. Yeah. It tracks. Didn't he? Yeah, I suppose. Depends on the picture, <laughs> I suppose. Like I suppose. That's I have their true. wedding picture. Huh. You have Toots and Bob's wedding picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good picture of him, actually. I got a I got a picture of him in his navy outfit that uh, I'll have to show you. It's I around seen somewhere. That. You've never seen that? I don't think so. Well, to tell you the truth, that one's a tough one because there's a little bit of misery involved in that whole thing too. I mean, there just is. Being in the Navy in the World no. War era? Yeah. Having my dad as a father. Oh. Right. Well, I mean, I see. of course, each person has his or her own story, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And their story, and, and it's very, very much is the backdrop for how mm-hmm. you would even answer that question, Tom. We always spent a lot of time with our grandparents. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I see my grandpa every week now still, and, you know. He's... We didn't spend a ton of time with them growing up. Growing up, we did, but once they moved it to Arizona, of course, we yeah know, they moved to Arizona. No, I mean, I don't feel like we spent... I feel like I saw them a lot. I mean, I don't know. Alex, were you just not there? It could I, be. <laughs> yeah, Alex didn't show up. I've she was forgotten. a stiff. 
Alex was a stiff, didn't show up on the deal. Yeah. Well, we, we, we went over to Toots's all the time. We yeah. Yes, we were around Toots a lot. I feel like we, we saw Toots like once a month at yeah. least. Yeah, we were definitely around Toots yeah. a lot more than Mom and Dad. That's my mother, by the way. Toots mm-hmm. is my okay. mother. Okay, so what a great nickname. Yeah. Well, her real name is Theophila, which means the love of God, which oh. is a little tough to look. That's well, heavy. It's very great. That's way I'm Catholic. too heavy. That's seriously yeah. heavy. Oh, it, <laughs> is it is interesting because she is zero percent Greek, so I don't know where the name. She was named after a nun. Oh, okay. That that's tracks. I, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks exactly. But yeah, she was big into being Catholic too. I'll tell you. Holy mm-hmm. God, she was. She sure. was a, Rosary my, every day. And my father was Twice a Baptist, a so that was oh, wonderful. Wow. That really fit together well, didn't it? Oh, my God. I honestly don't know anything about Baptists. It's very interesting. When I was in Nashville Television, which was one of my TV markets as a reporter, as a Catholic, we were in the minority. Oh, yeah. And it was almost like you were... You had to sort of like protect that fact. I mean, you know, the evangelicals, the Baptists mm-hmm. were all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Different parts of our country, even how Christianity. I mean, it's the same religion, I know. but yeah. different denominations. What well, is out. interesting, like Catholics are overrepresented on the Supreme Court, but they're vastly underrepresented among the presidency. Yes. yes. It's very interesting how that happens. It's only such a big deal, right, when JFK yeah. was elected. Oh, yeah. But well, like 40, it's like 30% of the country or something is Catholic, so you'd think 30% of presidents would be, but no. something. Right. Well, yeah, speaking of religion, I and Steve Silton did want me to say hello to you, but if you look at our crisis squad, we have Steve, who's Jewish, mm-hmm. Dr. Z, who is Hispanic and Catholic, okay. Jen, who is a very much a Lutheran and a Christian, and Abdul, who is uh, Muslim. So we've and I'm a Catholic Sri Lankan. So we've got quite a diverse <laughs> team on the Crisis Files. And I was just saying to Steve at breakfast yesterday, maybe he, Abdul, and I need to do a Crisis Files episode or case yeah. file talking about religion because it is a I crisis a in idea. different parts of the world. Oh and yeah, even yeah. in some parts of our country, in fact, some yep. neighborhoods, yep. religion divides. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember, honest to God, I've talked about this on this show before when I was a little boy in North Minneapolis. As long as I stayed in the the black, Spanish, or Catholic neighborhood, I was fine. But if I wandered into the Protestant neighborhood, I was told to do not walk on the sidewalk. Wow. You're Catholic. Don't walk on our sidewalk. I had to walk in the street. I mean, isn't that amazing? So is this just, does it go back to kind of European wars? No, I, mean, I think what? so, yeah. Okay. I think so. Just, there, it was just, there's the big difference that the Protestant to the Catholic, they just, and they, their big name was really inventive, too. Walk in the street, cat liquor. Oh, my. Really? Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, cat liquor. Is that what I am? Is that oh, cat liquor? dear. Well, that's where Chico got all of his accents from the yes, Marx Brothers. Because in, yeah. in the part of New York, every other block was a different nationality so he learned mm-hmm. how to do all the voices oh, yeah nice. so he'd he cross through these different bits and when the boys would come to beat him up he'd start talking in their dialect oh. or in their accent so that he'd save his his hide it all goes back to childhood dave it, it does <laughs> it, everything does doesn't it yeah it really does do you think what what do you think is the problem if everything does go back to childhood why are people so soulless right now? People want to be victims. People want to hate one another. They want to find the worst thing they can about you. Why? How did we get here? Well, fear is always the root of, it, of yeah, everything there, bad. And sadly, and I, you know, I'm critical of all politicians. It doesn't matter which party. I agree. Uh, 
the politicians have not helped. They've no. really not done their jobs. Uh, they made, you know, times that were scary during COVID, they made even scarier. Yes, and they then did. times that as things were lessening, they wanted us to still be scared. It's I mean, true. again, yeah. I'm very nonpartisan. So I just say this as a right. watcher of the narrative. And it's very sad to me because, and then we as Americans, we have to also own up. We're not as, as a group, we're not as discerning as we need to be. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. are civics even being taught? You know, is, is no, government one on one even being right. taught? Remember that cartoon when we were little? You know, I'm just a Bill, and you learned in those I'm cartoons. Just a bill. Yes. Yep. <laughs> just a lonely old Bill. Oh, yeah. And now, what was I that mean, called school? Most people, a yep. lot of people don't even know who their own U.S. senators are. No, that's true. They don't know that. I don't know who our senators are. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Klobuchar, is she one of them? Very good. Uh, that's hey. one. I can't name the others. There's one. Yeah, there's one more. Two U.S. senators. So this yeah, is the federal. Yeah, two per state. I know that much. She has red hair. That's my hint. Wendy. Yeah. She's She's Wendy's restaurant. She's yes, Wendy's restaurant. <laughs> Wendy's. Your mom would be an amazing senator. I'd love to, to see that campaign. quit immediately. Who, Toots? No, no, my mom. Oh, your mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she'd, she'd be, be a like, great you're senator. You're all obnoxious, bye. Yeah. Yeah, you're she, all obnoxious, would shut she, up. Would she get votes? Catherine? Oh, God, mm. yes. I don't know if she'd care enough to No, nah, she probably wouldn't care votes. enough to get votes. Wendy says Tina something. Is she right? Tina Smith. Tina senator Smith. Tina Smith. I, I had could no not idea. Have, yeah. Well, yeah. Amy, I knew because she's been the senator for yeah. 100,000 years. Yeah. yeah, and she just gets talked about a lot. Well, yeah. Tina replaced I never Al Franken, right? Yes. And Al, oh, Al was okay. just the host of... Uh, what, uh, Colbert? Was it Colbert? Or, no, no, no. no. the other one. Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. I, I didn't oh, yeah. get to watch that. I remember, I I remember Al Franken. Yeah. Al's that, not a fan of But that was like a whole thing. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of pushed out of office by the Democrats. I mean, that was not handled well. Yeah. No, it was not handled well, no, but he had it coming because he's a raging prick. So there, well, you, there you go. He is okay. not a nice person. See, that's why people are so hateful and angry. They all feel bad about themselves. So the best deal is if I yeah. drag you down. That's what I, You know what I've noticed a, a lot of times? Point. If somebody starts point. shredding me online, right. I've written to them publicly, and I'm like, hey, Tom, I'm sorry you feel this way, man. It sounds like you're harboring and dealing with issues. I'm going to put out a prayer request for you. I hope you feel better soon about you. <laughs> that's a really good reaction. And because like if you yeah. feed into the hate and anger, that's a, and a lot of times I get private message back and they're like, wow, I didn't even know you read this stuff. And I'm sorry I lashed out. I was just having a bad day. And sometimes you just want to be heard. So yes. it's like your children. The, you know, if they're maybe not getting the attention that they think they want by doing the good things, that's when they start kicking holes in walls and screaming and causing problems oh, yeah. because that will get you to notice and pay attention and yeah. question. Oh, yes. So I think when, you know, we're always seeking the answer of why, why tear everybody else down. It's because I just feel so crappy about who I am well, and my and, position. And you like, you gave a good solution, which I'm always about the solutions instead of like coming back with a negative can you say, you know, I want to, I'm going to ask a prayer request for you. Or what I love to say is, do you need a hug? <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm not trying to even I be like funny, yeah, I like that. but I think because it's kind of disarming. And sometimes that's what you have to do to, to show that you're not on some opposite side. You're just there to be human yeah, together. It's like sending you love today. Sending love. On this do you every once in a while buy, um, buy a Starbucks uh, for the person behind you? I don't, I can't drink coffee. 
Well, I mean, the, <laughs> you don't know what they're doing. Do you, so you don't go to Starbucks at I don't all. go to Starbucks See, I do at all. tea. I don't do coffee either. Oh, okay. I do chai tea latte. Any, ca- any caffeine. But I can't have Both caffeine. of us are like, oh. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Some sort of caffeine so, gene. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. that would be. But I you get love the point. when I hear like a little yes. pay it yes. forward yes. kind of. I love action. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to take in any more than what they say, three hundred fifty to four hundred milligrams of oh, yeah. caffeine. Four hundred milligrams? What? I would be suffering. Well, yeah, but I mean, you I can't do it. But most people should not do more than four four hundred milligrams. That's actually one. really positive That's that you like, can't have it. I know. Yeah, and like yeah. people, and I have two young children, and like other moms are like, you you don't drink coffee. How do you survive? Yeah. Because if you don't drink it, you don't rely on it, yep. and then your body just adjusts. Exactly. Right? Alex, you that's know? when you look him in the eye exactly. and go, because I drink vodka, okay? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big vodka person. I dissolve cocaine in my rum. I was that's say, how. It's uppers. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, no. God. I'm just like, you don't, you only need it if you have it. That's true. Well, there is a lot of that also in our country. You know, people needing something mm-hmm. to soothe, oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. to soothe <clears throat> instead of just kind of the natural yeah, highs like of managing. exercise or playing with yes. your kids mm-hmm. or things like that. So I would love to see that those natural highs get a little more attention. Oh, absolutely. Maybe, Tom, you and your team here can uh, bring more attention to natural highs in the days ahead. Yeah. We could do that. What's like what would what would cause a natural high? Let well, me hug you. Come here. Exercise. Yeah, the big yeah. hug from Get that oxytocin going. Exercise. Yeah. Exercise. A bike well, ride with Catherine. So I literally I, I walk walking. I yeah. walk walking. yeah, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight miles every Fresh day. Fresh air. Being have, outdoors in bare feet. Exactly. Bare feet. Blue. Just bare even feet. listening to water. Yeah. Like when you hear a waterfall or yeah. watching a lake. I mean I don't even need to be in the lake. Yeah. Very peaceful. I oh, go yes. to bed with thunderstorms. Is that part of my problem? <laughs> I do. I play that thunderstorms yeah, in the background. Oh, rain or thunder. Yeah. Hey, whatever I mean, works. that is natural. Yeah. 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 Or maybe that explains my brooding nature, right? It's, yeah. Maybe I should just go with with waterfalls. Maybe you do birds chirping, Dave. Yeah, no, something. the high pitch noises drive me insane. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you should I listen to brown noise. That's like I do. a new rage. Is that a new That's brown thing? noise? What is that? It's, I can play some for okay. you. Yeah. I actually carry oh, because I travel hear, and I hear brown noise. I need a fan. It's there's very actually, similar to white noise. There's, very, there's different kinds. There's pink staticky. noise. There's brown noise. Yeah. There's white right. noise. What? Brown yeah. noise is. And the that's best what I use for... to sleep. So it's a. Here we go. Okay. Sounds like the ocean. It does, but it doesn't right. have the like up and down, whooshing up but, and down. It's just like a consistent no like, undulations. Sh- as yeah. they say. Right. And white noise, which is what everybody was used to, is a much sharper. That's what I used to listen to because I have to sleep with a fan. If I don't have yeah. background noise, I can't sleep. Yeah. White noise is basically all frequencies combined. Yeah. Yeah, that's got a more yeah. shrill. See, to me, I'm like, that Ugh. white noise. Right. Is it away okay. from me? Brown the, noise has lower frequency. cuts out the higher frequencies. Yeah. That's, right. that's yeah. all the differences. I'll have to, I'll have to try that. Yeah. I because have it's trouble a, falling yeah, asleep. It's something that you're supposed to turn on if you like really need to focus on something. It's really good for people with ADHD. It's good for falling asleep because it kind of like turns your brain to focus. To focus, yeah. Nice. The VFW, or not VFW, the Veterans Hospitals recommend to a lot of the, the my dad is a, uh, former Navy guy, and he deals with PTSD. They have him listen to Diane Arkenstone. What's that? And she does oh, this yeah. kind of um, meditative music, but it's really good. And it. So my dad, when I was out there visiting a year ago, when he was getting his uh, booster shots, I, I deal with anxiety a lot. And he's like, "Son, sit down." And then he, you know, he just, "Alexa, play Diane Arkenstone," and it just started playing. And after like 15 minutes, it was just this calming kind of music that just puts you into a different zone it was really weird but it worked and if i'm stressed if i'm dealing with anxiety i'll lay down on the bed shut my eyes and tell it to play diane arkenstone and that there's something about the the rhythm of the music that 
brings you back down. It's like if you if you have kids in the background play Paco Bell, and the the cannon. Yeah, cannon. yeah, the the music, the the way it goes actually helps kids retain better as they're reading and learning. Oh, By I the way, he didn't say Taco Bell. No, I was going to say Taco Bell. Bell. Play Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. I play classical music in the car when my kids are in the car. Oh, I love classical. Music. And they just listen to it. That don't, that's my alarm clock. I wake they, up to. Oh, do you really? Class. Yeah. yeah. I love They just, music. before I started doing it, they'd always be like, I want to listen to this, and I want to listen to this. Or I'd just play like whatever music and like, I don't like this song, and blah, blah, blah. But if I play classical music, they just listen to it. That's it's really wonderful good. stuff. Yeah. That's I really played Vic Vaughn. Do you ever play any uh, opera for them? <clears throat> uh, I actually came upstairs from exercising yesterday, and Dan was just blasting opera on the Alexa, and the Opera's kids were just running around Love it. <laughs> listening to opera. Opera That's always great. makes me think of swimming. Really? Yep. Why? Oh, yeah, because you always played oh, Andrea out Bocelli. Oh, out, out in the pool area. Yep. You were swimming. Yeah, I used to play opera all the time. Oh, that's <laughs> see, so that's that flashback to Charlie. Absolutely. It's, it's oh, yeah. There's certain the songs, yeah, I just, yes. like, I can smell chlorine when I hear them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, is, it really there does. Well, that's weird. really yeah, It's a very it strong is. memory. Because yeah. well, every time we'd go out to the pool, like, you know, three times a week, and every time yeah. it was the same, because we had, it was CDs back then. Yeah. You know, we didn't have, you know, Hey Alexa. So we would play the same two, three CDs every time. Yeah. So. Well, that reminds me of how powerful the mind really is. Mm -hmm. And what I hope is that people know that they've got the solutions and the tools for healing right within their own bodies. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great you know? point. Expand yeah, I mean, on that a little you bit. You can't, well, it, what, one of the things reminded me, not only what Andy said about the chlorine, but Dave being willing to share that he has anxiety issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a time that people were holding that in they wouldn't share mm -hmm. and, right and that's right. another way to share your humanity when you can share some of the things that you know might have been in the past had a little more of a cloud around them and now it's like oh someone else might be able to share that with you and then you can talk solutions but yeah i mean the mind is amazing as much oh, as yeah. the human mind and people don't like change it is so malleable and you oh, can yeah. mm -hmm. input a lot of positives and really rewire your brain. I mean, it is, there's so much science around that right now that's really right. coming up in popular science, but it's so true. And it, you know, I deal with it with, with my clients on the crisis strategy side. I mean, it's really about deciding what you want, visualizing it, and then repeated activity that yeah. then helps the brain rewire. And for things like anxiety or other issues that we all face, individuals, uh, the same thing applies. You know, Can you just stop and do four really deep breaths in and out, really deep? There's this class at Lifetime that I take called Surrender Yoga. And I try to do it at least once a week. And one of the instructors I really like is Amy on Sunday nights in St. Louis Park at 6 p.m. And that it's a long last name. Yeah, Amy. Yeah. Amy. Amy. Sunday nights. They ask her to shorten it's it Sunday when she's nights. on TV. Yeah, so. she's yeah. on. Yeah. So this six, one hour surrender yoga. It's the it's the restorative yoga. So you're not doing all right, this. Right. You're really holding these postures for three, four, five minutes, and it is such a great way to end the weekend and start the week. It just like restores. So, Dave, I want you to try it. I want you to see what that does for you. Restorative It's called yoga. Yeah, it's called Surrender Yoga. yoga. Surrender All yoga. the different lifetimes sure. call it that. But even if you don't go to lifetime, it's 
any kind of hatha or restorative yoga. Sure. So not the vinyasa, but the restorative yoga. It's the best. Yeah, it's awesome. I it's want to come and watch you, you do yoga. You and me, yoga. Tommy, let's do it. Well, it's all, it's all very, like, supported. You're not holding, it's not like this Sometimes you're lying on your thing. belly. It's just yeah. holding in that position oh, and all really? of a sudden. Yeah. Or like laying on a I do that really good every night. Yeah. <laughs> I lay on my like, belly for yeah. hours, but it's I don't amazing. feel restored. It's amazing. No, that's well, awesome. And there's some, you know, there's some different kind of poses, but yeah. holding them and you're like, whoa, I could do that for a minute, but now we're going into minute two. This is starting to hurt. And they say, just don't react to the hurt. Just keep breathing. You know, yeah. it's, it's interesting because you do actually hold the, the position. Yeah. And you feel so much better after. Yeah. It is wild. Did we ever learn to hold a plank for very long? Well, the, I That's what I want to know. did planks this morning. You just did planks this morning? How long can you hold them for, Alex? I have no idea. I'd never, like, timed myself in that. Most people like, can't hold a plank for very long. <clears throat> I'm not a competitive person. Planker. Like, in the, <laughs> I'm not a competitive person. No, like, planker. I feel like you have to be a competitive person to <laughs> yeah. be like, I need to get to this amount of plank holding and whatever, and I'm just like, For I me, don't. it's about the abs, Alex. You have much better abs than I do, but, like, the longer you can hold that plank, the tighter you're in. That's, that's yeah, true. That is true. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need all those abs. I got the one big one. Really. <laughs> big, strong. Like, let's see somebody on the abs. Ab. Yeah. The that's all ab. you need. There's well, no question about it. Talking about the, like, how amazing the mind is, have any of you watched the movie Heal on Netflix? No. It is wild. So it's all about your body's ability to heal itself on mm -hmm. its own. And oh, if I you love that. just, like, the first five minutes it talks about this guy that had this horrible spine injury and he was like i was going into this i think he was in a car accident and um he was like i was meeting with all the doctors and they were saying all of the surgeries i was going to need and i might end up paralyzed from the waist down and blah 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 whatever i watched it a few years ago but it was this horrible thing and he's like and i just decided to try to work on it myself and so he'd sit by himself in silence for a certain amount of time every day and just think about that part of his back healing and it worked wow really intention like and manifestation yeah any yeah. medical yeah. help whatsoever and it took a while it took like a few months yeah it doesn't happen whatever. in a week yeah but and he just sat there thinking about it and i mean if you think about the i've mentioned this on the podcast before people with um, oh, it's not called multiple personality disorder, dissociative PID. personality oh. disorder. Uh -huh. They, one of their personalities can have diabetes. One of their personalities can need a glasses prescription. <laughs> that's so weird. You know, because their brain <laughs> right. is that. It's that's believing how, that. Yeah, that's how powerful the brain is. Is your you can be like, oh, I am this person, and I need this, and then that's just what it is. So you know, I, I, if you just so decide, I no longer does. have anxiety and then you believe it and do things to work toward not having it anymore i think that for a lot of people you can get rid of it well see there you got this that's good that's that's good news yeah but it takes a lot of work but oh, you have to actually yeah that's the thing <laughs> we've done prayer and healing requests on our uh, radio show for 17 years and never quite knowing how it was going to be received and right. people go by it but you know my son just turned 13. He was born almost three months premature. Oh when he was born, he was two pounds and like 10, 11 inches wow. long, very small. Oh and they said, all right, here's what you have in store. 
you got to figure he's two and a half months premature, so he's here for another two and a half months. And then the, the rule of thumb is he'll probably be here an additional two and a half months. He has to learn to hold his own body temperature. He has to swallow, and he has to um, – yeah, there was one other task. And we're like, okay. So I went out, and I put out a prayer request to my audience and had all these great people throwing out prayers and putting in prayer requests with their churches and doing all this stuff. My son was home in two weeks. Wow. Isn't that a two weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, he's had lung issues and such growing up as, as will happen with premature kids. Uh, and he has a hearing aid. But other than that, he's a completely healthy kid uh, in all ways. And I've seen stuff like that happen when people come together to move things to a positive and a good. You think, well, this is just, no, it was just good luck. There's no such right. thing as good luck. You make your luck. You mm-hmm. put yourself in the place to be where you need to be. And I believe that that's what happened. Uh, you know, his mom had preeclampsia and she almost died. And the prayer request went out for both of them. They were both, boom, on their feet within days. And, and he was breathing, holding his um, oh, he had to suck so he could eat. That's what it was. Uh, oh, and he sure, did yeah. it all within a week, week and a half. And they're like, I think we're sending you home with your son. And I'm like, well, you told me you've got at least another three, three and a half months. He's like, he doesn't need to be here. He's doing great. Which when you set intention and you set that motivation going forward, you can see the change. And I try to, I talk to some of my friends that are dealing with a lot of stress after COVID and financial issues and such like that. And I, and I'll be honest, hundred percent, I'm, you know, I burned through savings, I, everything through COVID. I had a house full of people that we had to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my friends are struggling and I say, here's the deal. Stop thinking about your struggle. I know every month just to make ends meet, I need to earn $6,200 just to make ends meet. That's not even paying the IRS or paying the rest of this. And every month I have enough to pay all my bills and I get by. And I don't sit there sweating it every month. I just mm-hmm. make yeah, it so happen. Yeah, so much energy is spent worrying, right. being fearful. Oh, yeah. So you just <clears throat> turn that around, that same energy yeah. put out into the universe. I can do it. There are people on my side. And even just believing that you have people that are on your side. I mean, that yeah. is a mind shift that sometimes is the, the key for anyone. Well, and you listen. If you listen to the universe, it tells you things, right? And it gives you the opportunity. And you, I'm saying universe to not offend any of the – whether you want to believe it's God, Jesus, Vishnu, whoever is your – person you know if you listen the answers come you know and it's this kind of getting the distortion of mind chatter down and it's you know i can sit here and worry about something that probably isn't going to happen or i can just put my foot forward and keep plugging and money comes in and that's all i do is then i pay the bills i make sure i'm good to go and then i'm on for the next month and that's where you need to kind of focus in in your life and uh, some of my friends that have taken that have turned things around and they're like god i'm not worrying as much I said, yeah, because that doesn't serve you. Get rid of what does not serve you. If you have people in your life that don't serve you, and I don't mean like a, an indentured person, but if they're just negative. Yeah, negative and they, energy. All they do is bring you down, and they're constantly, it's okay to say goodbye. But they're friends, and I love them. Yeah, but the thing is, you can wallow in misery with your friends, right. or you can have the life you deserve. And you can care about them and try to help them up, show them the way to get to where you're going, but don't stay in the mud with them just because they're there. You know, there's no, there's no time for that. Surround yourself with things that are going to make you get to where you want to be in life. And there's no shame in that. You know, everybody, everybody lives in a world of guilt and shame. And if I don't talk to this person, there's nobody that you have your life to lead. And I've got to be a good example for my kids. At the end of the day, I want my kids to say, you know, dad had an unconventional life. He didn't hold a nine to five job for 20 years and we never went without. 
Right. We always had. So it's in the belief that it's just going to happen and you do it. And your you have inner to put narrative it out there. is the strongest thing you have. Right. So if your inner narrative is off, then it's really hard to do anything else. Yeah. Let's, Bruce Lee's got that great line. Don't ever say things to yourself. I'm fat. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. Right. Words, right. words have power. Right. That's why it's called spelling. You're casting a spell when you set these things in motion for yourself. If I'm never going to make my bills, I'm never going to do this. Your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and that you're creating your own existence so it sounds all metaphysical and woo woo but i always tell people try it if it doesn't work you didn't yeah you don't lose i'm not asking you for 199 bucks to teach you how to do that just put it into motion see if it works and getting yourself out of those crisis moments right exactly you have you all read them. the biography of bruce lee that his daughter wrote yeah, yeah. oh be water it's just yeah. I, I, I bought it for a bunch of people and gifted it i loved it so much oh, yeah be water be water i read a, may ton, have a copy so that's good okay. <laughs> yeah yeah give it to it's, my mom it, it's if amazing you have spare. Yes, I, will. I read and, a lot so that would be good funny. to read you brought up muhammad ali mm. right no i didn't but go ahead well you kind of in a way did Okay. Because that's... Sure, but, 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 no, but he, <laughs> no, I want to see where this goes. Oh, he inspired you because he, he said exactly the same thing that you just said. Bruce Lee is the one that... No, I, not Bruce Lee, yeah. but I mean Muhammad Ali did as well. That's what I'm saying. Well, believing in himself, sure, if, if nobody else was going to. Just because he said, I'm the king of the world and I'm so pretty. Well, <laughs> here you have it. But he brought... Uh, the reason I even brought him up is because he did the same thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And the whole world reacted to it. When he said, I'm the king of the world, I'm the greatest, I'm so pretty, people love that. It inspired the hell out of me going, God, that's how I should feel. Mm-hmm. To be that positive. I mean, you and do want to have the talent, the skills, the yeah, beauty oh, yeah, to back yeah. it up. No, no, no doubt about it. But it is true. Yep. When you put it out there, when you say it and you believe it, again, it's that inner narrative. When you believe it, yep. it will happen. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got, a lot of people ask me, you know, 16 and a half years now as a business owner, what was some of the best advice you've ever received? And I, and I don't remember who gave me this advice, but someone said, never give up on yourself. That's that was exactly the best it. advice I've ever yeah. received. Well, once you give up on yourself, you're done. Because nobody else cares. Everybody needs a break, though. I think it's okay yeah. once in a while well, to have a wallow day. Yeah, you can have but then down you days. just got to get sure. up and go do what you got to do, right? Because that, you know, sometimes you just want to lick your wounds and feel bad. Uh, you know, and that's when I started doing my radio show, I started talking about my depression and anxiety a lot because I realized that I was getting response from people. And that's part of what drives me being in right. the paranormal is my fear of death and, and of the unknown. So talking about my suicide attempt as a teenager and showing people, listen, you know, had I had I had that gone through, all of the great things that I've been able to see and do would not have happened. And if I can make it through, you can make it through. And, you know, this is it. And there's been so many beautiful emails I've gotten over 17, 18 years of people saying, thanks for giving me that insight, because it really came at the moment. And this isn't me patting myself on the back, but you be open about the fact that you're human and that we do have right. these fallibilities, but that we can survive them. We can get through and them. And people love to know they're not alone. Yeah. So you probably helped a lot of people by just sharing your own story. And I think yeah. when you share it authentically and you're, you don't have some sort of uh, preconceived, you know, mm-hmm. ulterior motive, it really lands well with people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and people listen to you and they hear about issues you had with family and, and your father and everything. And that puts things in perspective for others. So instead of them going, my life sucks because of this. Well, Tom went through the same thing. That's why I love celebrity autobiographies. I don't, yeah, I don't no, think I've read one where they had a golden life growing up. Not one. <laughs> no, they that's all true. had the worst possible things. And Except like, for maybe Gwyneth Paltrow. 
<laughs> yeah, she, I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Kate Hudson, bad. She had some rough yeah. times. So, well, Kate Hudson, she Their had a, a horrible father. Yeah, Bill oh, Hudson yeah, was a biological. Yeah. yeah, I forget that. Yeah, yeah. because Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's. Yeah, because right. he just seems. Yeah, well, so there's. Want him as a dad. Yeah, exactly. They have those issues, and they, you know, they see their way through it, and you know, I think read those books, and it's easy to sit there and tell you know oh well they had all the opportunities no they didn't they busted their ass absolutely you know jordan missed more shots than he made to get Mm -hmm. to be as good as he was but if he wasn't out taking the shots he wasn't going to get better right you miss 100 percent of the shots you You don't don't that's right exactly babe ruth went down in in history as having the most home runs in history but he was also the most strikeouts in history. Well, you know, it's a good reminder that you're giving today because I think that's what happens with some of our young people today. They see the Michael Jordans or, you know, whomever. You pick the field, pick the age bracket. Like, if I can't be best, then why try at all? Right, or they don't understand the backstory. You know, it took, you know, thousands of hours, like I think of us on the air, I think of my thousands of Mm -hmm. interviews I've done in 25 years of broadcasting, you far more than that. I mean, you don't just... It just doesn't happen. So, you know, young people, I I really hope that parents can show young people you've got to work for it, whatever that work Mm -hmm. pattern is, but it just doesn't happen overnight. A lot of people do have this uh, preconception that if someone's successful, it's because they were given the success to them by some external force, whether it's their parents or their privilege or a deity or whatever. They were handed this success. No one ever works for or it. Or earned it. Yeah. Exactly. No one ever earns it in their eyes. Yeah. It's a very interesting attitude to take because it means that you can just never try at all. Yeah. yeah. Just wait till someone gives you success. Yeah. Well, and some people have personalities that just, I don't want to not be good at something. Like, I have my two kids. I have a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. My son is the, I will learn on the fly. I'll try anything. If I fall on my face, who cares? Like, yeah. Yeah. And my daughter is like, I want to try it, and if I'm not good at it, I will never do it again type. She was that way. And I've worked really hard at talking to her about things because we want her to try all sorts of things. And I've shown her so many videos of, you know, Olympic gymnasts falling on their face. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this biker that does all these amazing tricks that the kids love watching videos of, and he, at the end of every video, posts the bloopers of him falling, doing reel. all these tricks. Yeah, fail reel. And so I'm like, look, these are like the most successful people in their craft, and they're constantly still falling over. And that actually got into her head. Yeah. So you know, good. so it's not just like they just don't go up there and crush it every time. No. Mm-hmm. It, they're, they still fail all the time. And one, one of the celebs who I thought was really good about saying, hey, I'm a late bloomer was George Clooney. Remember, oh, yeah. he got yeah. a, e- ER, and I think he was late 30s, 40 yeah, by the time oh, that yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but was, you're forgetting he was on Facts of Life. He was that on was Facts of Life. He was cute. <laughs> that was during my growing up. I remember him. But he I didn't know it was it George Clooney until ER, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. God, that's going to do it. That hour and a half shot by. Holy Hannah. That was amazing. So I appreciate that. Rashina, how do people get a hold of you? They can, well, first of all, they can go to the website ownyourwow.com, and we invite everyone to jump on board the Crisis Files bandwagon. We are on Twitter at the Crisis Files, Instagram, also thecrisisfiles.com. And what we'd love is for you to follow us, for you to share your own crises, because what's happening is every week these podcasts are dropping. Right. And my Crisis Squad and I are trying to solve 
real people's problems. Mm -hmm. Like initially we're starting with kind of ripped from the headlines yeah. and bringing up current issues. But there are so many, as we've talked about today, crises that are out there. Um, and just a little backstory: this event, originally the Crisis Files, was shot as a TV pilot. Mm -hmm. I just started pitching it to network executives. So I hope one day you're going to see it on a screen uh, in very short order. But for now, this content just needed to get out there. Mm -hmm. And I told myself this summer, and I talked with the team, by the way, Matt Munster from Spoke 612 Production says hello. Yeah, great guy. They are the company that helped me shoot the pilot oh, really? and helped me get him. this He's thing wonderful. launched. Yeah, I haven't so seen him in a while. He is doing great, he Good. and his Glad partners. And uh, they were just the right people to help me do that pilot and get the podcast off the ground. And, uh, you know, so we want you to first start listening to the podcast, and, and we will let you know when it becomes a TV or a streaming show. Speaking of TV stars... <laughs> When's your TV show hit the air? This Sunday, The Ghosts of Devil's Perch begins airing on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus and uh, goes eight weeks, so we'll be running through the middle of Ghosttober. Sweet. Ghosttober? That's what they call it over on the Travel Channel. So when do I have to call in the Travel Channel and go, Dave Schrader? I, I want you to do our voiceover stuff. That'd be awesome. I could do your voiceover yeah. stuff. Will you pay him uh, Affleck oh, duck no. money? <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'll bring him penis butt sandwiches <laughs> all day long. Sandwiches yes. all you need. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you later with the family.